0: About this movie, Charlotte O'Sullivan of the London Evening Standard says, Basically, whether laughing with this film or at it, you'll have a blast. Adam Smith of Empire Magazine says, Laughably bad and fantastically good all at once, this is a guilty pleasure that everyone can enjoy. But Letterboxd user Serviceman says that he doesn't feel guilty about loving this movie. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Flash Gordon.
1: Re-Re-Re-Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined childhood Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters
0: Is that Ming The Merciless Except less racist Yes no Ming The uh Yes Dan the I don't know Dan. Pretty laid back What's that Dan the pretty laid back Dan
1: the nondescript I don't know
0: (laughs) Hey well that's who we are (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're listening to ruined childhoods, everybody. John the Jubilant. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yes. Well, uh, thanks, Lexapro. <laughs> so Dan, I uh, uh, this is a-, a very exciting episode. We get to talk about this campy space opera. That uh, without this movie, we would not have the Star Wars franchise like this is well, without the it,
1: without the source material for this movie. We with, would not have. This. Right.
0: But with without the source material, but also because George Lucas originally wanted to do this and found out that it was already going to be produced. Right. He decided instead to write Star Wars. Ah, so, uh, yes. Yeah, okay, yes, yes. In that, in that respect, yeah, absolutely. In that respect, yes, absolutely. Um, before we launch into it, though. <laughs> launch. <laughs> launch. Uh, into I do space. want to mention, I feel like I've been giving periodic updates about one particular movie, and that would be the Toxic Avenger reboot. And uh, there's been a lot of casting news coming out of it. Dan, have you heard of any of these?
1: I I feel like I saw a rumor about something, but I don't I I don't know how true it, so it is. So I, I
0: think that until now all we've really heard about is I think Jacob Tremblay, but there's been some uh, and and Peter Dinklage, but there's been some uh new news. Uh, Elijah Wood is going to be joining the cast, as well as the film's villain played by Kevin Bacon. Nice. Yeah, I what I love about it is that with each of these, you know, uh, news bits, it really fills me with joy because it it legitimizes the original toxic avenger even more i mean the toxic crusader cartoon show certainly helped but like you know for it to be coming back now and for there to be this type of uh i don't know news coming out about it and these high profile names uh it's very exciting for me
1: yeah i mean none no slouches among them
0: No slouches among them. That is right.
1: No, it's a quality cast. Nice.
0: Yeah. Dan, did you have any, maybe any more thoughts about three days of the condor, any news bits you wanted to talk about?
1: No, no, I've, I, I have nothing. I am, I am a blank slate. This, I am not a blank slate because flash Gordon, but, um, no, I am. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to blast off.
0: (laughs) But, uh, Before we really... While we're still talking... You know, I just mentioned Three Days of the Condor, our last episode. I'm curious, Dan, because Max von Sydow was also in that. And that was, you know, uh, I think like five years before this movie. And, you know, we talk a lot about how he, in a lot of our minds, has kind of always been this older character. Um, I'm wondering, have you seen uh any of his earlier stuff i know a lot of it is like what swedish well Some, yeah like, i mean I there's the
1: bergman like the seventh seal
0: well there's the seventh seal i was going to say that was kind of like the the most popular of his earlier works
1: yeah no i i think the earliest of his films that i've seen i mean could be the exorcist uh i right. would have to i i would have to double check the imdb what year was The Exorcist? 73.
0: Okay, so that was just before Three Days of the Condor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that for me, I didn't realize it was him, but Flash Gordon was probably the first movie I ever saw featuring him.
1: Oh, yeah, no, Clearly... I definitely saw definitely saw Flash Gordon before I saw The Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, you never know it's like it could have slipped past your radar a little bit. I don't no, know
1: i would I would say as a you know whatever like five year old with h b o uh no flash Gordon i flash Gordon was definitely like I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it was a long time ago, yeah, okay. It wasn't in the theater, but it was. I mean, definitely, like, there's a lot... There are things that I remember. Of course, there's also things that I thought I remembered that are not in the movie, like...
0: Yeah, I think that in my mind, because I probably saw this around the time that I was also watching movies like Big Trouble in Little China that also that have, you know, similar uh, racist characters uh, depicting... You know, uh, people who are either Asian or Asian presenting. I don't think that uh, the the planet was it Mongo has Asia in it, but uh, Asian presenting. I guess you can say. Look,
1: it's it's an entire it's like an Earth centric galaxy because there are like the Hawkmen, and it's like,
0: are there so, hawks on other planets? I'm and okay. Men? All right, okay. I'm going I'm going to get to a synopsis soon. But <laughs> since you brought it up, I have to point something out. And and here's the thing. This movie is campy as hell. It's a cult classic because it's fun and it's not known for being a great movie. Uh it's certainly a beloved comic strip and, you know, property going way back to the 30s, but the mo- this movie is regarded as just being a campy cult classic and it's just a hell of a lot of fun and um you know it's got that that queen song that <laughs> just like sticks in your head but yes the very first line of the movie and i'm going to actually play it right now i'm, glad
1: I'm bored what's play play thing thing can you, offer you offer me today, today? And and body body in the obscure body, yes, Your Majesty. majesty. The, the inhabitants of Earth is the planet Earth. How beautiful it looks! It's the
0: Universal logo. Well, and it's a Universal Picture, which is always so funny when uh when, when a Universal Picture starts with that giant planet, and then it's a space movie. Mm. Doesn't get better, uh, or Waterworld, where uh, when the, it's uh, in- the ice caps melt, when and it's everything.
1: integrated into it, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess the, there's so, the first uh, remake idea. Let's let's make that Universal logo part of that opening. But yeah, you know, I love that opening.
0: So right, but what I'm saying is, we okay, Ming is finding out about Earth, and then seconds later, goes to a panel of buttons that include all sorts of. Natural disasters, one of which is earthquake. I know. Was he just <laughs> so like? Great. Was he just like? Oh, a planet called Earth. That's funny because I have this button that says earthquake oh. on it. Oh, so is this that goes where it comes that? from? Oh, is okay. that the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> and what I loved about I get it, it is it now, the, Clytus. <laughs> it's the first thing you see in the movie, and it's just like already this is kind of poorly thought out the (laughs) expectations are set appropriately
1: from the get-go, but also because there's, it's that campy like, Clytus, I'm bored.
0: Well, so I feel like there's a lot of similarities and I actually checked to see if there were some of the same people who did like the makeup or costuming between this movie and masters of the universe, which was seven years later. And because there, I felt like there was a lot of similarities there. But also, Max von Sydow and Frank Langella play their villain characters with such gravitas. And it's just like, they came <laughs> there to play. And they, they didn't care if the scripts were schlocky, if the costumes and the, the settings were over the top. They were just like, no, I am a legit actor and I'm going to legit act the shit out of this.
1: I gotta throw Topol in into that boat yeah. for uh, for Flash Gordon. I have to say Topol gives it gives it his on Topol. Like what else did he do? A fiddler on the roof.
0: Well, what? he's an Israeli actor. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that he. Ha- I mean, probably internationally had a a bigger career than we realize. He played Doctor Zarkov, and before we just get super into it, why don't I just read the synopsis because yeah. we'll learn a little bit more about uh, Zarkov, Topol's, uh character. Flash, a football star, and Dale, a barely one-dimensional woman, are on a private jet to New York but get caught in the crossfire of an intergalactic menace named Ming the Merciless, who got bored and decided to wreak havoc on dumb little planet Earth. But when Flash and Dale crashed land into the lab of Dr. Zarkov, an ex-NASA scientist turned conspiracy theorist, he coaxes them aboard his homemade space shuttle, and the three unknowingly embark on a journey to save Earth. They land on planet Mongo, which is under Ming's rule. As they meet Ming, he orders Dale to be made his wife. He brainwashes Zarkov to become part of his military and orders Flash to be executed. But Ming underestimates the Earthling ability to be stubborn as hell. Zarkov fakes his brainwashing, and Dale manages to fight through Ming's advances and his potion that discourages her from fighting him off. Flash, on the other hand, is aided by Ming's daughter, Aura, who has a hard-on for Gordon. Flash Gordon, that is. The two head to Arborea, led by Prince Baron, who is romantically involved with Princess Aura. On their way, she gives Flash the ability to communicate with Dale using telepathy, who lets her know that he's alive, well and, like, totally turned on by Princess Aura. Baron is skeptical of Flash, so he challenges him to a deadly game of Don't Make Daddy, Scorpion Edition. Flash wins, just as they are all abducted by a team of Hawkmen, who bring them back to Ming's kingdom. Flash and Baron are ordered to fight to the death as they spar on a spiky circular platform that tilts by Voltan, the head Hawkman's remote control. Flash ends up winning, but ultimately saves Prince Baron, gaining his trust and loyalty. Once Ming shows up, he tries to make nice with Flash, offering him rulership of Earth. After declining, he takes off for Arborea, hoping to get there before Ming destroys another civilization. Flash, Prince Baron, Princess Aura, Voltan, and Zarkov work together to take down Ming, ultimately piercing him with their vehicle, just as he is about to marry Dale. So... <laughs> Sam J. Jones famously plays Flash Gordon. Uh, Melody Anderson, uh, actress-turned-social worker, plays Dale Arden. Uh, As we mentioned before, Max von Sydow is Emperor Ming the Merciless. Topol is uh, Dr. Zarkov. We have Timothy Dalton as Prince Baron, acting his ass off and really (laughs) committing. Uh, Brian Blessed is Voltan. And um, who else do we have? There's a lot of, you know... A lot of people that you'd recognize uh, thrown throughout here. We have Richard O'Brien in there. We've got Robbie Coltrane in a small role. Oh, right,
1: right, right. Yeah. Kenny
0: Baker has a cameo. R- Richard um, O'Brien,
1: uh, people might know as Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Riff Picture Raff. Show. I
0: exactly. Yeah. I would
1: imagine. I'm trying to think of where else. I he's in a I lot mean, of other things. But right. Yeah. But
0: that's yeah his most memorable Iconic. moment. So so Dan, I this is a this was a really weird one to synopsize because. It's so easy to just kind of like lose track of what's going on, but I feel like I got the most of it. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, and of course, like the plot has such little to do with what makes this movie work,
0: I guess. Yeah. You know, something that's important to note is that people like Baron or Voltan, they are loyal to Ming. Until they are convinced otherwise, and they are vehemently against Ming, so it's like Flash inspires them to revolt. Yes, but up until that moment, they are staunchly pro Ming. No, in their actions, Flash
1: is the Mockingjay to borrow a Hunger Games reference. <laughs> totally complete with yeah. his own gear. Like they even like he's got a, a whole like the, he's got the Flash T-shirt going in. Which, he's the star quarterback for the New York Jets. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, we we grew up, like, our dad had Jets season tickets. So, we would go to the Jets games. So, that was always something that I thought was cool, was that, like, Flash Gordon was a quarterback for the the Jets.
0: (laughs) If only he was really a quarterback for the Jets. Yes. That would have made it even cooler. Yeah.
1: No, they, they, they might win games. Uh so yeah, it um what a and and the acting is is so oh sorry before I get to the acting, did you pick up I was looking at like I love the models of like the of the spaceships and yeah, it reminded me there so certain much certain
0: things it reminded me sorry, so much of Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, there is definitely an Earth Girls Are Easy element to some of it. It's funny because like certain things look great. Like the the very psychedelic, like swirling colorful clouds, like that has a really awesome look to it, and then like some of the costuming looks like it's made of tinfoil. foil. And right? Yeah.
1: No, yeah. it's it's like it's basically like community theater.
0: Like the especially right.
1: like the lizard man costume, especially. Oh,
0: yeah. It's just somebody in a very silly looking lizard costume and. Uh, I'm just gonna play the clip oh. because this this is when we really catch a glimpse of a lizard man.
1: Hold, lizard man! Escape is impossible, sir. Prisoner,
0: not gonna the presence of the Let's, Let's not argue with it. With it. Uh, I love it God, how they that just think, yelp.
1: Well, that little lizard man. It was well, It was also like what. What was was he was like a prisoner, I guess, but like I, I don't know, I I didn't have any idea, and there's just like this, like, uh, dude in a lizard costume scampering behind right. Flash and Zarkov and and Dale, and that it's called. They didn't even make up some sci-fi name for him to like you know nope. stop amphibior, <laughs> right? <laughs> lizard man.
0: Yeah, and what's also interesting is like. This was made after Star Wars where, you know, that kind of, you know, it changed the game in terms of like how space movies could look and well, feel. They were,
1: yeah. I mean, it play this, this movie comes out like what six months after the empire strikes back. Right. Yeah. Which at the time those, the effects in the Star Wars movies which were, you know, the pra- practical effects yeah. were done it made everything look so realistic but that but that's also where I kind of, where I appreciate this because that it sets it apart from from Star Wars. Yeah. And it makes and I don't know my conflict th- throughout watching the whole movie was like would I rather that there was a really good actor playing Flash Gordon in a really campy style? Would I rather uh-huh. that there was a really good actor playing Flash Gordon, you know, straight up? Period. Yeah. Or is this really the best way? <laughs> like, is this well, Sam Jones' performance the best? like is this actually the is it the
0: right way this might be yeah, the right you know, thing but i think that there is something to be said about actors who are really good at playing it over the top and cheeky you know like people like bruce campbell who uh, could certainly pull off something like this and commit to it in a way that still gives it credibility but also is cheeky and reminiscent of like the comic strip, and I know that this movie's praised for like having the feel of the uh, the source material essentially. So no, you I just gave know. the
1: perfect example though. Bruce Campbell would have been he would have he would have kept the campiness of the performance, but also made it more real. It really did feel like Sam Jones was like reading lines off cue cards.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, most of his dialogue was dubbed, so yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's why. Yeah, why? It
0: that's seems probably that why. Way. And yeah, I mean, some another name that comes to mind, and this maybe would have been more ten years ago, fifteen years ago, but like Nathan Fillion, you know, certainly mm-hmm. knows how to do that. Uh, that cheeky character, you know, adding the gravitas, but also knowing how to like dial up the schlock,
1: right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. And actually that, uh an act, an actor who was offered the role of Flash Gordon but turned it down, Kurt Russell. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little yeah. China. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because just talking about those two movies once again really quickly, it's like you know, there's certainly the similar elements. There's the, you know, the very like mystical bad guy there's this floating thing that can you know kill somebody like in a second you know it's like all these things that uh i don't know kind of cross over where it's almost like like what year was big trouble in little china 86 yeah so it's almost like this was a you know it could have been a I don't know, such like spiritual remake of Flash Gordon, where it's like, what if it was like Flash Gordon, except it took place like on Earth? Well, let's see. Flash Gordon, Jack Burton. No, I don't know. Maybe. It's like, you know, he's not a football player. He's a truck driver. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. Could be.
1: John John Carpenter kind of maybe took the spirit of it and... Worked it, re- who, reworked it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. For Kurt.
0: I mean, it just, it has a very similar vibe to it. Um, so Dan, when's the last time that you saw this movie, do you think? I don't, I I probably, I,
1: I mean, like maybe within the last 10 or 15 years, but like okay. when, you, when we say saw, it means like I probably put it on late at night and uh-huh. and fell asleep watching it.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, so what, what were your thoughts about it on this rewatch? There were parts of
1: it that I really enjoyed and there were, there were other parts of it that, like I said, with, with Sam Jones, I, I was like frustrated because uh, I felt like uh, the, this could be done better. Same. And also M- Melody Anderson as well. I felt it it was, at times, the what I felt what what I felt was the appropriate tone, but at other points, her performance was just a little too, too I mean, it all this is all due respect to community theater, but yeah, there were aspects that were very community theater. Now, of course, it would make sense that Topol would would stand out because um you know i don't know i feel like that's always the 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 most entertaining actor in the community theater troupe is yeah. you know just that older <laughs> wacky guy
0: the older wacky guy that's right i, lo- I mean uh, i'm trying to think if i have any clips that feature him but i'm not quite sure well that
1: first one i don't know if you grab uh, the the when he's first realizing that like all of his research oh, is oh, right yeah. yeah
0: oh yeah so this is when um when this is right after Ming has started wreaking havoc on Earth.
1: Dr. Zarkov, there's no sun. It's 8.24 in the morning, and there's no sun.
0: No, no sun? sun? No. Check, Check the angular effect, effect of the moon. Seemingly, the there is no reason for these extraordinary intergalactical upsets. Only Dr. Hein Sarkov, formerly at NASA, has provided any explanation. His ideas, however, have been rejected by the scientific community as irrational. According the news to is at NASA, this morning's unprecedented solar eclipse is no cause for alarm. A team of NASA scientists has been in conference with the president since 7 o'clock this morning.
1: What do you find? The moon out of orbit? By more than 12 degrees. This must be a mistake. That's no mistake. It's an attack!
0: I love the dramatic sound effect after it's oh, an attack.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. The the just that that I was gonna say that lightning strike, but that, that crack of thunder.
0: That crack of thunder, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's wonderful. That I mean that one doesn't really highlight his lunacy as much as it uh features his, you know, at the moment assistant who uh doesn't quite make it. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Um, but he also Yeah, there's was played by William Hootkins, by the
1: way. Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks familiar. I couldn't think of what let's else he what was in and I did not did not look it up in the uh,
0: moment. Let's see. He was in Oh, he was in Star Wars. He played Jack Tono Porkins. Yes. Yes.
1: That's where I recognize him from. He's which the, one is that? I think like stay on, stay on target.
0: Stay uh, okay, on target. all right, yeah. Um, so let's see. Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was Major Eaton. Yes, he was in a couple of the Pink Panther movies. No, now uh, I really yeah. No, now, I mean I never made Superman the IV, Quest for Peace. He had quite the career. Wow, you know he who was else? in a lot of really fascinating stuff. Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh, which wow, one? The, the really Val Kilmer. Had, <laughs> Yeah, the, 96 one. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Nice. You know who else <laughs> pops up in this movie There's a familiar face? And I couldn't believe it was him because I saw him and I was like, damn, he looks like that guy. And then I saw in the credits, I was like, it is that guy. So uh, the actor's name is George Harris. He's the soldier who, who tries to kill Ming towards the beginning. Um, he's right, the, the, yeah. the, uh, the black soldier who... Sure. Yeah. Uh, and... I looked I looked at him and I was like, man, he looks like the guy from, from the Harry Potter movies. In the like Harry Potter K- movies Kingsley. Kingsley
0: Shacklebolt.
1: Yeah, Kingsley Shacklebolt. And then I saw
0: and I, I I looked at the cast like damn, that it, it is that guy. Like he was also in Raiders. He was Captain Katanga.
1: I mean he aged like five years in 25 years, I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, anyway, really, uh, is really cool. Really? Uh, that was really impressive. A, a, a lot of Nazi stuff in this though.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a there's, lot of like, they're definitely saying well, Heil Ming. Yeah. Well also when they're brainwashing, uh, Zarkov, it's kind of flashing through his entire life up until the point where he's like a zygote. And he's like looking at himself like as a zygote. And uh, it's really fascinating. And there's definitely a lot of like Nazi imagery there. And it seemed almost like his father was like a Nazi scientist or something. Oh, I thought they were Holocaust survivors. Maybe they were Holocaust survivors. It was really hard to tell from the very, just like the flashes of what was going on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That was I got the impression that they were Holocaust survivors and I think
0: that the only reason why I thought otherwise was because there's a history of you know like the US government hiring Nazi scientists. Yes. No,
1: no, no. That uh, that could also make sense. I don't. Know, I maybe it was just because, like, the way that that it was all portrayed and all like the the Nazi clips and and Hitler clips uh-huh. and all that. But yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's definitely quite a bit of, of that. Um, and there's also like some scenes that are are both written and acted as though they are like porn scenes, just without the the porn part. <laughs>
0: Are you talking about the horny telepathy scene? Uh, among others. Yeah, I mean, let's take a listen y- to that. Yeah. This is when uh Princess Aura is taking Flash to uh Arboria and is telling him of a way that he can communicate with Dale Arden. It's me, Flash.
1: Flash.
0: Are you Are getting... getting over over over? Oh, oh my, my head. head. Oh, with oh, was you? you.
1: She's, She's not, not getting me.
0: Don't use your mouth. Use your brain. I'm with you, Dale.
1: Just concentrate hard and think to me. It's telepathy. Over. Over. Can
0: this be real? I saw you executed.
1: I was saved. I'm still alive.
0: Oh, thank God. Where are you? In a rocket, rock. racing to Arboria to, to get, help. get help. Are you okay? Over? I'm And Princess Hora in is him. Your earlobe. Girls know how, Dale.
1: It's been done to me.
0: Take him out till I get back. Over. <laughs> <laughs> it's too dangerous for you here. You can't come back. Stay where you say.
1: Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on.
0: I didn't quite <laughs> get that. Think it again?
1: Forget I thought it. It wasn't about you. Over.
0: What? Hang up. I've got to go. Where? Someone's coming. Got to stop thinking to each other. So, Dan, I'm not sure if you are quite familiar with this, but did you know that there also is a, uh, I guess, version of this called Flesh Gordon?
1: I've never seen it, but I've definitely heard of it.
0: I think it was 1974, around there, and you know, similar storyline except, uh, every, I think it's planet porno instead of planet Mongo. And, you know, there's just like all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, I think it's more of like a, it's not like porn porn. It's just like a, you know, I don't a- know, a salacious version, a, Yeah, a more adult version with, with just like nudity and stuff, but not porn porn. And uh, yeah, and it's it's ripe for it. I mean, Flesh Gordon is just sitting there. That's low hanging fruit.
1: <laughs> nice. All right. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely like you're watching the scenes, and it's like it's like I'm watching the porno without the pornographic parts and just the dialogue. Yeah, and the acting, of course.
0: Right, it's almost like uh Dan, I know you're you've probably seen the movie orgasmo. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of like the set pieces and the costumes from orgasmo, yes,
1: yes, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. so um
1: uh what what was it um, I mean, yeah, the movie's just kinda crazy, like there's a football scene,
0: oh yeah, the football fight, the, famous <laughs> the football, football fight, fight scene,
1: the football fight is is hilarious. I mean, this is why it's one of those movies that you just have to see whether or not you enjoy it. You just have to see it because there's no way to accurately describe the, the lunacy of, of things like the football scene.
0: So I want to ask you one more question um, about the relationship between Flash and Dale. Um, (laughs) So they go from complete strangers to absolutely in love with each other to the point where he's just like, let's have babies together. And she's like, we're getting married. And they maybe haven't even had any kiss yet or anything. Like, it, it's it's kind of bizarre because the first inkling of it is when they're on Planet Mongo and he like sees Princess Aura and she's just like, um, don't forget that I'm here. I'm right and here. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like uh, we just met. Like I've known her almost as long as I've known you, so like, chill out.
1: Yeah, that's the. I, I was trying to figure out like what the time frame of the movie is, but it it feels like they met it's like that a day. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like, like well, they yeah, we'll on. Talk the- about how he saw her at like the hotel, but didn't say anything. So right. they just ha- both happen to be taking this private jet. Yeah. Yeah. We learn nothing about her. I was trying to find out like what is like her job, like what's going on with her, but you find there's n- I couldn't find anything.
1: I thought she was a a journalist and I don't know if I'm just equating her with like Lois Lane. Lois
0: Lane. Yeah. Just
1: kind of following the uh I don't know, I guess the the archetype. But yeah, according to the the Wikipedia page like for the character. Um, yeah, there is.
0: Yeah. Cause I think I saw that and it was just like, yep. She and flash Gordon and Zarkov, like they are a team. Oh wait. And that's so it. hold on in. I think she finally got
1: like a career in 2011, oh, uh, good for, her. for the dynamite comic series, flash Gordon zeitgeist, where she's a car- cartographer and researcher for the State Department in 1934.
0: Okay, cartographer. So okay, I'm glad you also said 1934 because like a cartographer in 2011 is like, oh no, she worked for like Google Maps. Like, yeah, she drives. The, what, what kind of the, cartography the do you car. need? Yeah, yeah, it's like, what cartography do you need so much? I mean, okay, before all the cartographers, email us. Ruin Childhood Pods at, ruin pod at gmail.com, at uh, I. Yeah, I, I can totally understand it more for it being a 1934 job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, you know what? There was a version. So, Filmation did an animated Flash Gordon in in 1979, right, yeah. and she was a journalist in that.
0: Okay, all right. But yeah, I was not basing different... my guess
1: at all on any
0: yeah. knowledge. <laughs> There's been a lot of iterations of this. Um, there it was rumored that there was going to be a movie reboot, I think, in 2014. I think maybe it was MGM that bought the rights, something like that. Yeah, there Uh, was let me see if I can. Yeah, there was 20th Century Fox. Sorry, they purchased it from Hearst Entertainment, at least according to Collider Magazine.
1: Yeah. No, uh, they were going to be doing a, I think there were a few projects that were talked about. Like there was going to be a Flash Gordon 3D, I think at, you know, probably 10 years ago when,
0: when, when 3D was all the rage,
1: all the rage, man. Uh, so yeah, hold on. Let's see. I had some notes on that before. So there was, uh, I mean, all of the cast were, they were signed for sequels, but the movie wasn't quite as successful as they had hoped. And also Sam Jones had disagreements with uh, Dino uh, De Laurentiis. De Laurentiis, yeah. Yeah. So. uh, Right. And this
0: is the second Dino De Laurentiis movie in a row that we've done, uh, because he did Three Days of the Condor. Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, was, I was, I think that he actually did produce a spaghetti western, but like kind of brought that you know Italian mentality into the films that he did work on um, in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, he you know got his start in the '40s producing films. Um, some of the stuff that you know might be familiar to some people is La Strada uh, with that he did with Fellini. Um, who was attached to
1: direct this at a certain point?
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, 1956, uh, 56, uh, War and Peace. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a whole, whole lot of stuff. Really, really busy guy. Um, I think that uh, it wasn't until the 60s that he really started to make his name in the states with movies like Barbarella. Um,
1: he did the King Kong remake in 76. The 70- King Kong, the 76 six.
0: King Kong remake. Um, yeah, I, Halloween 2, Conan the Barbarian, um, some of the Amityville movies, uh, Firestarter, Conan the Destroyer, Dune, Maximum Overdrive, I think a few uh, Stephen King yeah, Dune movies. is another
1: movie that that has some There is some similarities with Flash Gordon. Absolutely. Dune sporting, I th- would say, the higher production value.
0: Yeah, and then again with uh, David Lynch with uh, Blue Velvet and um, King Kong Lives, Evil Dead 2, speaking of Bruce Campbell, uh, Army of Darkness, yeah, you know, just like tons and tons and tons of movies. Uh, U571, Hannibal, oh, Red yeah. Dragon, Last Legion, Hannibal Rising, like tons of movies. Yeah, yeah. Dino De Laurentiis. No,
1: um, so the the plans there were some plans for Flash Gordon uh so as as you said Fox had the rights and they were going to do a movie they were going to have Matthew Vaughn directing um Matthew Vaughn who's on my my short list of directors that I think would be very good for a uh a, a, a reboot of Flash Gordon and Were some uh, of his other movies Layer Cake, uh The Kingsman right. yes. movies, yeah. So Yeah,
0: the the spirit of those Kingsman movies I feel would fit well with the Flash Gordon. Yeah,
1: vibe. the the pace and there's a lot of it, and visually, he's a, he did X Men. Oh wait, did he do an X Men movie? Um, no, he did Kick Ass. Okay, he did Kick Ass. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Matthew Vaughn. Um, so and then there was going to be an animated film uh, after Disney. Uh, took over Fox and uh, Taika Waititi was going to be writing and directing that. But then that fell through. And he's another name that I had on that short list. Well, yeah, because you look
0: at a movie like Thor Ragnarok and what I can only imagine Thor love and thunder is going to be like, and yeah, you know, you just know that the, there's like the vapor wavy style that he's got would really make a, for a fun flash Gordon movie.
1: Yeah. It, you know it, it it makes sense and uh and i guess my my short list had uh the the only my short list was very short but my other uh name or i guess names uh were the the wachowski or wachowski uh-huh. sisters so uh and i was thinking about speed racer which was right uh you know a movie that that i enjoyed watching i didn't see it in the theater but i watched it at home and and enjoyed it so I felt that they could get between the, between that and like the the Matrix movies, uh, even yeah. like the look of Jupiter Ascending. I thought they could make a pretty cool uh, <laughs> Flash Gordon.
0: So yeah, and who would you? Uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, are oh. you suggesting a, a remake or a I, reboot? No.
1: Well, it's kind of more like it was, this was more where my my mind was going. My mind went to a few different places with this so um i i guess i'll just i'll just keep trucking on uh the the whole disney fox idea and how much disney is just loving their like disney plus series and all that mm-hmm. uh it, it make, makes me think that perhaps a a reboot not necessarily of the movie but of the serials and doing a uh you know like doing a series of Flash Gordon adventures, but mm-hmm. like doing it, uh, you know, old school yeah. minus minus the, you know, offensive ethnic uh, right. rep- misrepresentations and, and, and stereotypes. So um, that that was so this basically what I have for you is I have I have that idea. Um, my other idea, because thinking about just the campiness and the theatricality of it would be turning it into a musical. And I know uh-huh. that there's already, like, the We Are the Champions musical with Queen, but why can't we have to... Why can't we take the music of Flash Gordon and, like, the songs that Queen did for, like, Highlander and Iron Eagle, Headlong yeah. and all that shit, and, like, One Vision, and make do, like, a Flash Gordon musical with the music of Queen? Uh, I mean... I don't know what else you'd throw in there. Maybe you'd open it up and make it just like a glam rock musical, but I don't think you need to. I think Queen's got enough that could work and they've got enough also in their back catalog. So it it's not like right, you need right. to have a Bohemian Rhapsody or or we will rock you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you you have Flash Gordon and, um, you know, all those other great, great songs that they did that totally fit the vibe of this. And, and then, in terms of just like remaking it, I did throw together like I, I I was like, who would I like to see in a cast of of this? And I was thinking um, of a of more of a, a diverse cast. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll I'll share that that with you. Um, my first thought was for that for Flash. I felt Donald Glover was still in the appropriate age range and okay. would just have the right, uh, you know, like attitude. I mean, it's like yes, you you could go, you could easily, you know, pick a Hemsworth, any Hemsworth, and
0: yeah, and I I think that yeah, Chris Hemsworth seems to be mo- a more obvious choice. I think because we're just used to seeing him as this blonde. You know, he's Thor. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. He's, he's
1: Thor, which is all, which is why I don't want to see, like, I want to see someone who's, you know, I guess not the typical. I couldn't. And like, I was trying to think of all right, who would I get excited about? And I thought about like Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian and solo. Yeah. And I thought about, I'm like, he could, like he could pull off the quarterback thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and he might even be too old for it now, but I was just thinking like Channing Tatum would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause he's super funny. I feel like we haven't really seen him much lately. And he could pull off that like schlocky, charming football star turned, you know, savior.
1: Yeah. I mean, i mean, 21 Jump Street. <laughs>
0: Oh my yeah. God, so much. Fun.
1: Yeah, no, Channing Tatum is great. So, so that was my. So f- that was for Flash. My my Zarkov is John Turturro.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I,
1: I had a couple of thoughts for Zarkov, and and then I I just kind of ended on on Turturro, and like, man, I would love to. He would have a blast with that. He'd be so much fun. Yeah. Um my Dale, I'd put Tessa Thompson uh m- most, mostly cuz I feel like I I haven't thought of her for a lot of things lately and uh forgot how much I, you know, have just enjoyed her work and what I've seen her do. So, yeah, she's fantastic. And, and it's like, you know, if we're updating Flash Gordon, and by the way, I would I I think I would set it present day. Yeah. Because also mm-hmm. it fits in like, you could take the same plot. And I mean, man, wow. What if it was revealed that climate change was actually being caused by Ming the Merciless?
0: Or like COVID.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, and of course right? there'd be a little dashboard that says COVID-19. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then, so for from, from Ming, I was really, I was kind of like debating, like, does, just like, is is Ming's character supposed to play as as Asian um, and where so I kind of went in two different directions for Ming one direction was that Ming is not you know ethnically specific to Earth right and that Mods Mikkelsen would would be a lot of fun So
0: yeah he's fantastic his his role in Doctor Strange as, you know, the villain there definitely makes me feel he's appropriate. Also, I mean, we're talking about uh, two Bond villains. We have Max von Sydow as Blofeld. Yeah. And then we have, uh, I forget his name, but the Casino Royale, Tears of Blood, whatever his name is. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. That that's true. You know, there's a lot of James Bond people involved with uh, yeah, and in, involved with the well, T Daltz, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and but I was also thinking, like, okay, if 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 there should be a more accurate portrayal, that Michelle Yeoh came to mind. Okay, as. As someone who, who I don't know, like I haven't seen her in anything in a long time. And right, right. I thought, uh, I was like, man, I loved her in like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Which I think was, and she was, all, wasn't she also, she was also in a James Bond movie. Was she? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive she was
0: one One of of the uh the pierce brosnan
1: ones one of the pierce brosnan ones yeah i'm pretty sure she was in like out of the like the like tomorrow never dies maybe i think she's in i think she's in that one so i was thinking about about her i was thinking about for some reason when i was trying to think of someone who would be a good baron uh Tim, yeah. for, taking over t- for Timothy Dalton, Stephen Ewan was the first name that came to my mind oh, for great. some reason, yeah. and I was like, I would like to see him do something like like this. And for Aura, Priyanka Chopra was the first person. Really, I was okay. I I don't know. I was thinking like there was I forget what show it, it is that or it was that that she was on. Um, I like Quantico, I think it was. And oh, okay. I, I was thinking about. I mean, and. I was like, I would love to see her in, you know, like in a, I don't know, a a big sci-fi movie. I I feel like she'd be really good. So, and of course, there's so many other actors, you know, it's not like I spent hours with like a giant uh, whiteboard. You know, yeah. like plotting this all out. So, I what what are you what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with Flash Gordon?
0: Well, before I talk a little bit more about that, I also just want to throw another name into the ring for for Flash, and that would be the uh, recently reinvented Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> He'd be great. How good would he be as a Flash Gordon? That'd be so much fun. Interesting, interesting. Adding update. a different element to the character Did, for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: wow. The the, the Buff Kumel. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, interested to see uh,
0: Eternals. Uh Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Chloe Zhao. I'm very well, excited to see what she uh, would do with uh, a Marvel movie. Yeah,
1: especially like since I I've now, I now I I saw or I watched Nomadland uh-huh. and just going from a project like that to a project like a Marvel movie and seeing, but also like recognizing what she, what she did with Nomad Land and that kept it engaging and like suspenseful right in in a way, not suspenseful in the traditional l- like John Grisham suspense. but uh, like just suspenseful in a way like you're I really don't know what's going to happen to to this person.
0: Yeah, and I think that that also speaks to Francis McDormand's skills as an actor. I, I mean, not to take anything away from Chloe Zhao, but I think that together they yes. really made that that come out. Yes. Um, so anyway, so for my vision for Flash Gordon, see, the thing is like there's been so many iterations of it. It has been a pinball game, which I'd love to play sometime. Uh, You know, there's been a a Flash Gordon role-playing game. There's all sorts of things like that. And I was thinking that it would be really fun if there was a Flash Gordon video game for, like, you know, some of the newer consoles, something with, like, a more open-world vibe to it, something like a Mass Effect type of game where, you know, you you are Flash Gordon. You could play as, you know, Zarkov, you could play as Dale, you know, it's like, you know, you, you assemble this team of people and you, you know, are fighting against, like, you know, it takes place maybe after the movie where it's like, it's already established that they have done this thing in space. Granted, Dale does say that she's a New York gal and wants to go back home. Um, so but Ming I is think still that alive. It, well, okay, the movie ends, spoiler, with a the end of the question mark where ring Ming, Ming's ring, Rings Ming, Ming's ring is uh that he uses to like, you know, I guess take all of the funnel of his badness into one like, you know, I I don't even know how you would describe it. It's like this mystical, magical ring that he like has. Like his
1: Schwartz ring. It's balls. his Schwartz, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Somebody somebody grabs it, and you hear the like cackle of Ming, and we don't know what's going to happen. But you know, the other thought that I had, aside from uh, the video game. Okay, and oh, by the way, so this would continue them in space. And, you know, maybe there's uh, followers of Ming or something completely separate. Like, there's just other missions they have to do. But the other thing I was thinking was, you know, what if there was a sequel that took place shortly after this one? And, you know, fuck it. Recast people that, you know... Have the same vibe, or like explain why they look different. It's a campy movie, it, you know. No one's looking for a like a realistic explanation of why Sam Jones, you know, is looks like some other dude now. Um, well, but it's, it's it's from you,
1: it's from going through those like space flights without wearing any type of protective helmet no. or gear. You know, those G forces, will, man, they'll they'll mess up they the way got, your face looks.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, they get back to Earth, they get back to New York, and you know, maybe there is some sort of situation because they have gone into space. Maybe it's like an interstellar thing where like, you know, uh, a year for them or like a week for them on Mongo is like 10, 50 years on Earth or whatever, you know, something like that. Right. So uh, it's it's a different New York that they come back to and it's adapting to this new world and missing, you know, Mongo and you know, Arborea and and places like that. And it's more of a drama about, you know, needing to come to terms with the the life they left behind, (laughs) you know, and finding their true identities.
1: Wow. Being in
0: a place where they're, you know, I mean, Flash Gordon was certainly celebrated on Earth as a football player, but like, you know, maybe Dale didn't have it so good on Earth. You know, we certainly know that Zarkov was a laughing stock so why would he want to go back
1: yeah no what if uh like flash comes back and I mean I imagine if he was this big famous football star it would have been like if he's gone for ten years it's like well flash Gordon you know vanished off the face of the earth literally it turns out yeah for ten years like he comes back he wants his his job back and he doesn't know and oh these crazy smartphones what is this you can't yeah, it's your like phone in nobody your likes pocket.
0: nobody likes the jets yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the modern day jets uh yeah so i don't know there's look somebody's gonna do something with flash cord and eventually and it's gonna be fun Who knows what it's going to
1: be? I would love to see that as, like, a Charlie Kaufman. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I would love to see, like, Charlie Kaufman do... Yeah, yeah, just like a... (laughs) Like Flash Gordon returns, call it Flash Gordon <laughs> returns. Yeah, just make it like all the posters have like this sleek. It's like, oh my god, yes! Oh, it's gonna be all that cool stuff. And then the the trailer is like it opens with a Simon and Garfunkel song. It's like the only living <laughs> boy in New York, and it's just yeah. Flash Gordon wandering around through times like it's during COVID or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ming. <laughs> 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 So, um anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I got.
1: Um, wait a second. That maybe having Ming being responsible for COVID is not
0: a good idea, uh, but no, absolutely not. But there is one other thing that I did want to mention is that Flash Gordon, as it is a cult classic, has certainly been brought up in other pop culture, including this clip from the movie Ted, of course. Hey Sam, this is the guy I was telling you about. So he's at a, a party in Sam Jones's house. Sam playing. Jones's
1: acting is better in Ted.
0: Yeah. Hey, good. Good to meet you. I thank you for saving every one of us. Well, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> he acknowledged it. Let's do some shots. With you? Oh my God. Yes. Oh yes. my God.
1: Yes. Totally. Yes. Let's go. Nice life. There you go, my friend. Thank you. Death to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, you guys seem pretty cool. You like to party? Oh. Uh, Cocaine, right? Come on, dude. Don't tell me you never done it before. Well, not.
0: Uh, Oh, recently, no. I thought that was just for people in Florida. You better follow me. Come on. Johnny, I'm frightened. We are gonna party like the 80s. Show us
1: how, Flash. It's easy. We just gotta nail a lot of girls' names, Stephanie.
0: So uh, there is also a segment that I cut out of Mark Wahlberg's character and Sam Jones on, like, one of the, like, space jet skis (laughs) that that he's on. And, you know, just this whole, like, dream sequence where he's with Flash Gordon. And then there's another scene that I decided not to show that is pretty racist because it is about somebody whose last name has Ming in it. And this person is a very over-the-top Racist depiction. Got it. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Not great. No, no. But hey, you know, man, it was it was 2012. Those were different times. <laughs>
0: uh, <sighs> we were everyone's, you know, still riding the high from Hall Pass. <laughs> They're, uh, you know, they don't know what's what.
1: No, man, what were we thinking back then in the early teens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all so, thought the uh, world was gonna end
0: oh yeah we thought you know what let's let's uh re-elect this uh obama guy everything's fine and then uh and then a, just a few years later look what happened ah, well so, we enjoyed
1: it while we last. while it lasted yeah yep.
0: so dan um i i'm just gonna mention a, a quick little somber note yeah uh the day we're recording this well we have uh we have a, a very positive thing. The day we're recording this happens to be Mark Lynn Baker's birthday. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you saw, but I acknowledge that on our Instagram stories and a picture with uh, myself, you, and our brother Scott getting an autograph from Mark Lynn Baker um, after a performance of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. <laughs> and... Uh, very memorable. Was, happy birthday,
1: Marklyn Baker.
0: Happy birthday, Marklin Baker. On the day we're recording this, not the day this is released, but uh, we also found out that uh, John Paragon passed away today. And for anybody who's unfamiliar with him, you certainly would remember him as Jombie. If you're listening to this podcast, you know Jombie. Yes. Uh hi, hi, ho. Terry. And um, yes. Oh, wee. Yeah. <laughs> that was John. Pa- and, uh, that was Yeah, John
1: Paragon. And, Absolutely.
0: And also he was in uh, the uh, the movie that we're going to be covering on our next episode.
1: Yeah. So our next episode, in honor and memory of John Paragon, we are going to look at the another cult classic, the Weird Al Yankovic comedy, UHF, directed by yeah. Jay Levy, uh, co-starring John Paragon as as Richard Fletcher, the son of RJ Fletcher.
0: RJ Fletcher. Uh, yeah. Played
1: by the great Kevin McCarthy. And uh, uh yeah, UHF also features well. um uh Victoria Jackson, uh Emo Fran, Phillips, drescher. Fran drescher Billy barty um yeah Michael Richards. Michael Richards, yeah, uh, a great cast of characters. Anthony Geary. Anthony Geary is mm-hmm. is also in there who we we talked about so I, Is was
0: he in disorderly did you say I billy barty
1: right? i said billy bardie
0: you said billy bardie
1: yeah good absolutely um, how could i forget billy bardie yeah and john the, john bowie david bow
0: david bow oh David
1: so hmm yeah david oh bow.
0: and uh get a wantanabe right As yeah cooney uh, yeah, another not great uh, depiction of an Asian character, but we'll also talk not about that on not, the next episode. Not
1: the first for that actor having been in 16 right. candles. Yes. So yeah. yeah, but uh you know it, it's kind of, it's that's one of those movies that that's been a, a standby for us and hearing the news about sure. John Paragon uh, today, it yeah. it's only fitting for us to cover that next on our, on our next episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, feel free to send us an email, ruinchildhoodspod at gmail.com. We have a, a link tree filled with all of our socials and stuff like that. It's uh, linktr.ee link slash ruinchildhoods. Oh, we got um, a new, uh, trying new th-
1: t-shirt. We got we have a, a somewhat new t-shirt up in the shop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. but Yeah. Check out our merch on um, tpublic.com. We've got a whole bunch of stuff that either has to do with ruinchildhoods or is just movie themed in general and uh our latest one is in the style of the uh the what about bob don't hassle me i'm local shirt it's don't hassle me i'm vaccinated so uh if you want to show off the fact that you are fully vaccinated and that you love uh what about bob then go ahead so you can support our show that way um We really enjoy doing this show, and we hope that you enjoy it also. And, uh, you know, this will help us keep things going into the future. So, um, yeah, Dan, oh, my goodness. As you travel on a homemade spaceship to planet Mongo, I really do wish you a good journey.
1: Good journey.